This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, go with me to the book of Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1, and just want to give you some word of God tonight that I believe that will help you. And so, you know, you're going to Jeremiah 1. You know, you, you get in the Word of God and you, you start going to church and you start realizing just through the scriptures the necessity of faith. That the Bible says we're to walk by faith, we're to live by faith, we're to fight the good fight of faith. But sometimes it, it, it seems like this thing called faith is very elusive. It's like, man, I, 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 just, can't, I just can't get a hold of this stuff. And so... Where does the difficulty arrive at or arise at? Where, where does that come from? That it's just, Pastor, do you ever sense that faith is elusive? Absolutely. And so I, I'm going to help you a little bit tonight biblically. Again, in Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The only way faith comes is by hearing the word of God, Okay. So I I begin to look at that, and I'm going to give you a couple analogies here that I believe may help you on where we're going tonight. So every one of us in here, that if you've ever worked for somebody and they're your boss, and they come to you one day and said, hey, I'm going to give you a raise. When they say that to you, do you question it? Do you have the thought? That's not going to happen. Do you question it? Because every bit of what they said is based on, are they a man or woman of their word? Are they a person of character or a person of integrity? Now, every one of us in here have had to take our car to a mechanic. And if you're a mechanic, the Lord bless you, okay? This is not aimed at you. But on those lines, if you go to a mechanic and he comes out and says, you got to have a new water heater or a water pump, do you question it? Again, it's based on their word, it's based on their character or their integrity. Now, I can take you to the 119th Psalm, and it says, forever God's word is settled in heaven. So I've got to get to a place in my life where I trust what God says, and I trust his, what he says because He's true to his word, and our God is a God of character. Our God is a God of integrity. That that is the the basis of this thought tonight, that God's word is God. That's, That's his foundation. And you know, biblically it says, God is incapable of lying. Let every man be a liar, but God be made true. Now, watch some of this here in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 7. But the Lord said to me, and he's speaking to Jeremiah, Do not say that I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you. Now, Jeremiah here, he claimed inadequacy, and he claimed inexperience as a youth. And the Lord said, "Uh uh-uh, uh-uh. Don't don't try to claim that. Verse 7, the last part. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, 
for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. So God here, he makes three demands to this, this prophet named Jeremiah. And he says, stop voicing your disqualifications. That's a word to some of us in here. Stop voicing all the reasons you've disqualified yourself. And that's the first thing he says. The second thing he says, speak obediently to God's biting. And the third thing he said is, refuse to fear. Verse 9. Then the Lord put forth his hand and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Now, God's word is dynamic. God's word is a creative force that will accomplish his purpose. Always. And it's interesting that he said, I'm going to put the word of God in your mouth. So if God says, I'm going to put the word of God in your mouth, you know what God's telling me and you, I believe? We got to get the word in our mouth and we got to start speaking it. And we speak it, and we speak it over and over and over. Verse 12. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am ready, I am alert, I am active, I am watching, I am anticipating to perform my word. Now, with that statement right there, it's telling me that God stands on his word. And when I come to a place where I begin to hear the word, I begin to believe the word, and I act in the word, that's when I, I start believing the things that he says are, are so uh, uh, true. I continue it, and I realize, you know what? If, if, if God declares it in his word, that's enough. And so my faith has to come to a place where it's an unconscious reality. So as quick as I would believe my boss when he says, I'm going to give you a raise. What would happen if we would begin to believe that with Father God? That when I read the word of God, I don't question it. I don't think, he'd never do that for me. I just obey it. And so when I see here, he, he's looking over his word to perform it. I, I get this look that God's kind of like a, a, a Doppler radar in the sky. And he's just moving along just to see who's getting a hold of my word. Now, if God's word is forever settled in heaven, what would happen if we would let his word settle in us right here on earth? where we begin to live it and believe it. And I believe this is one of the reasons that our faith becomes so elusive that we get away from the Word of God. We stay with the Word of God. Now, you're going to hear several things this morning, or not this morning, tonight, that, that will bring this truth to pass. Where i got to stay with the Word day by day by day. Now, turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And again, the word of God is God's ability to do what he says he'll do. If, if you've never been a student of the word of God, I pray that comes alive into you right now. Where, man, you, you, you desire the word of God in incredible ways. 
You know, when I was in school, I hated school. I hated it. The only reason I went to school is because I knew I had to make at least decent grades to stay eligible for sports. Is anybody in here like that too? It's okay if you, that's the only reason I went. But when I got born again, I began to fall in love with this book. And I can take to this, that I love the Word of God. I, I can't wait to get into the Word of God on a daily basis. I'm like a little kid. Man, I got, and, and so part of this is you've got to find translations that you'll understand that you can enjoy to read, okay? Uh, you want some highlight? The Passion Translation's off the chart. The Amplified, for your everyday reading, those are incredible, okay? So why am I telling you this? You get in the Word and God will get in you. You feed your faith and it'll starve your doubts. No matter, the Word of God is essential. It's essential for me and you every day. I believe this personally. Spiritual survival is not possible for long without the nourishment of God's Word. Think about this in this sense. We eat at least three meals a day. Sometimes we eat a little more with snacks in between. And you know what? When you start becoming an adult, no one has to tell you to eat. You're pretty good at that yourself. And so I think about that in those spiritual terms. What would happen if I begin to desire the word of God like this? Man, well, I got to got to feed daily. Now, Jesus is going to talk to, that, to us about that in just a little bit. But Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent. What does the word diligent say to you? It's, it says to me, it's got to be a discipline. It's got, it's got to be a pattern in your life. Be diligent to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Now the example of disobedience he was talking about with was the Israelites got over into unbelief and an unpersuadableness within them. An unpersuadableness within them. In other words, they were unwilling to allow the word of God to govern them. Now these were the Israelites most of them knew the word of God. They just wouldn't act it. And so unbelief borderlines on either ignorance or an unpersuadableness to actually act upon the word of God. Man, I got to get where I'm going. I'm not just going to hear the word of God. I begin to I act on it. Verse 12. For the word of God is living. It's alive. And it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the exposer of my thoughts and the intents or the purposes of my heart. So what has to happen with the word of God for it to become alive in me? I gotta get in there. I gotta dwell in it. I gotta allow the word of God to take root in me. I gotta allow the word of God to be absorbed within me. I gotta be diligent with the word of God is what he's getting over here to. Verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, 
let us hold fast our confession. Now, our great high priest is Jesus. If you catch something in there, in the wording here in verse 14, it says, Jesus, the Son of God. Many believe that Jesus was a prophet. Many believe Jesus was a teacher. But do you believe he's the Son of God? That's totally different. Remember what what the Lord said to Peter in Matthew 16? He said, you know, some say I'm a prophet, some say I'm a priest. Some say I'm a John the Baptist. But who do you say I am? And remember, Peter said, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah, you're the son of the living God. And he said, blessed are you, son of Barjona. Blessed are you, blessed are you. And so right there, when he says that to him, you're my Lord. So again, when we confess Jesus as Lord, this is the the confession we hold on to. I never let that go. I'm a child of God because of Jesus. Hang on to that. This is our high priest. Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Anybody in here got weaknesses? I got a list of them. He can sympathize with their weaknesses, but was all points tempted as we are, yet he was without sin. So Jesus knows the feeling of being tempted like he just never gave into it, but he knows what it's like. And look look what the answer was to this in verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So what you begin to see here is Jesus has given us insight that, man, when you, you start facing temptations, man, go boldly to the throne of grace. Man, Father God, I need you today. I need your help. Let me ask you something. Have any of you been tempted today? I got tempted the minute the sun rose. So again, the answer isn't if temptations are or aren't going to come. It's what do I do with them? So we have this great high priest named Jesus. Now, with that statement, go all the way back to the book of Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And Jesus is going to teach us some things that are incredible that will stir your faith and he'll give us insight when temptations come. What do we do? Matthew 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit or the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, the accuser, the slanderer, that Jesus would be tempted by the devil. An enticement to sin is what this literally means. So so the devil was literally going after the Lord Jesus to see if he could tempt him into sin. So as I read that, there's a couple thoughts that jump out. If Jesus wasn't exempt from temptation, me and you weren't exempt either. 
Temptations are going to come. So again, the answer isn't temptations if they're going to come. But what am I going to do with it, okay? They're going to come. Verse 2. And when Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now when the tempter of the devil came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. So, so if you get this right here, the devil knows the Bible. He's quoting scriptures to Jesus. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Now, pay real close attention to what Jesus says. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So when you see every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, that literally means the spoken word, the utterance word, the expression of a thought. So what the Lord Jesus did right here is he said, it is written. He knew the power of the word of God. He spoke the word of God back. Now think about what Jesus did. He took scripture and he spoke it back to the enemy. Think about in Jeremiah 1.9, God put the word of God in Jeremiah's mouth. And again, he's saying, you got to get the word in your mouth and then speak it out of your mouth. And so when you see what Jesus said here about man shall not live by bread alone, right here he used sense knowledge to convey a spiritual truth to us that when we get a hold of the word of God, things begin to happen. Now, real quickly, verse 7. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So what just happens again? If we were to study this, on three different occasions, the devil's throwing darts at Jesus. And what I mean by throwing darts, he's throwing temptation at him to see if any will stick. So he comes again. And what does Jesus say? Listen, pal, it's written. It's written. Then in verse 10, then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written. So really when you see what he's saying, it is written, scriptures say, scriptures say, this is what the word of God. So the Lord Jesus, you know what he was telling us? The power and the significance when the word of God gets into a believer's mouth. How long? The rest of your life. Speak the word over and over and over. Now, I want to highlight verse 3 and 4 again real quick. Now, when the master or when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, with the word if, the devil tries to cast doubt on the truthfulness of God's word. So his suggestion was to get Jesus to try to compromise the word of God. He tried to get Jesus to doubt the word of God, or he tried to get Jesus to, to uh, question the word of God. If, if. Well, you know how Jesus shut up the if? It is written. It is written. So when the word of God is presented to me and you, the devil's going to do everything he can to get you to question, will God really do that? That's why I believe at times faith becomes so elusive. Then he said in verse 4, 
But he answered and said, it is written. So, note what Jesus did here. Jesus didn't pull out his wallet and say, I'm the son of God. Here's, here's my driver's license. Here's my social security number. Here's everything of indication I got. No, Jesus believed the word of God and when he spoke it, it ended. Now, after the third time, you know what the devil did? It said, he was gone. He looked for a more opportune time. So you know what happens when we speak the word of God? You want to shut the devil up? Just speak the word of God to him. Over and over and over again. So in, in Deuteronomy 30, verse 14, it says, the word of God is near you in your mouth and your heart that you may do it. Something happens when I get the word of God in my mouth and my heart and I begin to obey it. So you know what your homework assignment is? You've got to find scripture that pertains to areas of your life. And then you mark them down, you write them down, you memorize them, and you get where the word of God will just, just fly right out of you. Day after day after day. One last scripture tonight. Go with me to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. So because Jesus knew the power of the word of God, he had faith and God would do exactly what he said he would do. And it's an ongoing thing for every one of us too. I, I get to a place in my life where I read the Bible and I think, Father oh God, I think you're going to do exactly what you said you're going to do. Do you know the word of God's never lost its power? It's still alive and powerful. The issue in this book, the issue becomes with us. So I said, Lord, grace me. Help me. Help me. Help me understand this. Help me to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. James 5, and I'm just going to read one verse, verse 19. Now this, this is loaded with things, okay? Brethren. You know what brethren means? All us church folk, all us people that are born again. If you're born again, he's talking to you, okay? Brethren, fellow believers, if, any among, if anyone among you wonders from the truth. Now, when he says this about here, if anyone among you wonders from the truth, He's literally talking to believers. If anyone among you, it suggests here that the erring one is a member of the church. Now, how do we know that? Because he addressed this to brethren. And so he says here, have you turned your back on the things of God? Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, so the next question is, a person may wander from the truth either in belief or conduct or both. And so when I begin to read this here, the strain is a serious departure from the Christian way of life and the person either is going to walk by the truth of the word of God or he's going to begin to walk by the way of the world or his own way. 
Wow. And you know why I highlight this? Have you wandered from the truth? Have you gotten away from the Bible? That's why it's so, so powerful to stay with the Word of God. Day by day by day. So a couple months ago, I'm, I'm reading the Word of God on some areas. And I get over into the Lord's Prayer, which is Matthew 6, starting about verse 9. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. That, that passage. Verse 13, the Lord Jesus in there said, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I begin to really look at that, and I found in one translation that when it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In the Hebrew, the Jew knew this, that in my prayer life, that if I would say this from my heart three different times, whoo, Father God, I ask you today, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Father God, I ask you today, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Father God, I ask you today, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. They believe that, that after that third one, something would begin to happen. Now, when they would do this, they would specifically name the temptation. Whatever that was. So I did a little experiment. And you know who I used in the experiment? This guy right here. And so if there was an area of my life that temptation was coming at me, temptation, look, remember, Jesus was tempted, okay? It's, it's kind of like the birds. You can't keep the birds flying over your head, but you can sure keep them from nesting in your hair. What did he say, Martha? Listen to the, listen to the podcast, okay? Temptations are coming. So there was an area in my life, man, I'm, I'm telling you, temptation was, it, it, it was like closing in on my, so I started saying, Father God, I thank you. I ask you today to lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil. I would name it. I would say, I'd march through my house and I'd say, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. And so when that would show up, I'm telling you that the, the, the grace that comes from the throne room of grace it would come upon me in incredible ways. And I'd say, oh, Father God, you're so good. You're so, so, so good. You know what I was doing? I was speaking the word of God. The word of God is alive and powerful. And so it literally came alive on the inside of me. And they say, what happened, Pastor? Did you give in? No, oh, man, God blessed me in incredible ways. And so to this day, I'll still do that. When stuff starts bombarding me and trying to override me, man, it's coming at me like waves. How many of you have had, ever had a week where you feel like the whole week you're swimming upstream? Man, I'm glad I'm not the only one that feels that way. But that's where we dig in with the word of God. And that's why faith doesn't have to be elusive to us when we say, I can trust that when I ask God to, to lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the, he shows up. Now, I grew up on a street as a young boy. And when we would say this, 
I double dog dare you. I'm t- if anybody ever said, I double dog dare you, you know what that meant? It's on. It's on. I mean, I, I double dog dare you. I t- where you get in the word and you start speaking, you start believing, watch what God will do. And I'm telling you, his word will come alive to you. And so when you look here, what what the scriptures talk about, the word of God is alive and powerful. If we had time, I could take you to Ephesians 6, 17, and it says, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I don't know if any of you ever liked Zorro. Man, imagine you start speaking the word of God. You just Zorro the dog out of the devil. Mm, Poke him. The word of God. The sword of the spirit. Okay, you're going to have to stand up. I'm going to get you out of here. So let me ask you something. Just right now, have you wandered from the truth? And the reason I highlight that tonight, if you've wandered from the truth, our our God doesn't say, ah, he's done, get him out. Ah, I'm done with him. They're done, mark them. Angels, grab them by the belt loop and get them out of here. God doesn't do that. You know what God is? Our God is a restorer. Our God is a repairer of the heart. And so if you've strayed from the... And say, Father God, I've wondered. I haven't made the word priority. Bow your head with me. And if that's you, you know that. Father God, every one of us in here, that if we've wondered from the truth, Oh, Lord, we ask you to, to forgive us to, from, from compromise and just playing games, Lord, that we ask that you, you stir Hebrews 4 back up in, that the word of God on the inside of us comes alive. And the word of God comes powerful. And Father God, tonight, mark us in our hearts with faith that the word of God doesn't stay elusive, that we can trust what you say. And Lord, I pray right here that that every one of us in your house tonight, we fall in love with you and we fall in love with your word, unlike any other time. And we give you glory and honor for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.